Good morning, good morning. Ain't it a great morning outside? And it actually is this time. Hey, y'all, I'm Horticulture's Fellow Rushing, and uh, you tuned in to the Gestalt Gardener, which is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting, one of many we do here. Uh, my producer today is awesome, Jay White. We're going to be kicking some ideas around for the next hour. Hey, this is the last broadcast of the winter. Next weekend, it's going to be springtime. So we're going to be kicking around a bunch of ideas. Got some cheesy, timely music coming up in about 30 minutes. Um, some emails and a lot of really good events coming up we're going to be talking about. But mostly, it's a live program. We're going to be talking with you about what's going on or not in your own garden. So sit back, folks. We're going to take just a little bit of news. We're going to come back uh, with a live free phone calls, toll free, and uh, sort of chew the fat about what's going on this time of year in the Deep South. Stick with us, folks. In the next little while, we're going to be getting dirty. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Okie dokie, folks. Welcome back. Horticulture's fell rushing. Hey, Jay White. Jay and you and Kevin in there whooping it up. We are. You know, it's up to already. Y'all. It's up to you two to make me sound tall and smart. I was just telling Kevin. I was like, man, Felder talks to his his producer a lot, doesn't he, on the radio? I gotta, I gotta pay attention and look go, shiny in here for the next hour. Go back to sleep. Go back to sleep. <laughs> Although there's some funny stuff going on right now, and uh, and I want to share a few of them. But right off the bat, we got a phone call, and I want to let remind folks this is a live program here at MPB. If you want to give us a call, it's toll free one eight seven seven MPB ring. I know we like to get dirty, but try to keep it clean if you can. And we could go straight to Columbia, Mississippi. Hey, Thomas, what's up this morning? Oh, not much. Hey, we we had a, a pine uh, tree stump ground, and the grindings have turned into dirt. And I'm thinking about putting some in my garden. What do you think of pine trees? shavings that's turned into dirt uh well i use pine bark and so i don't know the difference it said bark you know just comes off the outer bit of it uh here's the thing if it's fresh you know fresh bark fresh sawdust fresh anything as it decomposes it uses nitrogen for the bacteria that break it down and so temporarily you may uh, have a little bit less nitrogen in your soil so if you're going to do that and it's still kind of fresh go ahead and mix in a little bit of extra nitrogen Uh, and i would use something slow and organic not because it's organic but because we want something that lasts a long time and you know my slow organic choice would be cottonseed meal it'll provide the extra nitrogen that the bacteria Bacteria and also a little bit of a protein for the worms to help the stuff break down without taking away from your plants. But I'd mix it in with plenty of dirt, and I wouldn't plant it mostly it. But uh, it's just like adding, you know, a big old sack of pine bark to your dirt. Just a little bit of, you know, a good dusting of cottonseed meal before you turn it in. Okay. Okay, I deeply appreciate it. All right. Have fun. I'm, woo. Oh, thank you. He started out with something I knew. I love that. Hey, before we go any further, we'd like to remind folks to call in program. I want to give a shout out to my favorite publican, Chris Carter. He's the owner of Scrooge's in, in Jackson and his dog, Jack. Uh, Chris told me uh, last night we were uh, watching the MSU and uh, uh, Texas A&M basketball game. Uh, he's an A&M guy. And uh, he said he started listening to the program years ago uh, while I was driving to, to work. He said he got hooked by a conversation I was having with somebody about poke salad. Uh, he thought it was funny that people started eating poke salad, even though the first people who ate it got really sick. 
And then they said, well, that didn't work. So they said, let's boil it first. So they boil it and ate it. And, they, and then those people got sick. And they found out you have to boil it, pour the water off, and boil it a second time before it's safe to eat. And we're thinking, who figures it? Jay, who figures this stuff out? That's that's uh, that's high maintenance right <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're hungry, and he got sick, and we boiled it. But we can't just throw it away. Right. That's uh, that's. Almost more trouble than it would have been worth. That's Somebody right. was really dedicated to the plan. Yeah. What they didn't realize, if you'd have thrown a squirrel in with it, it'd have been okay. Right. right. <laughs> How many foods are we missing out on? Because somebody at the very genesis of the whole thing it is so was wild. not like no boil it the second time and let's see how it works <laughs> we could be eating tires or everything else yeah yeah you know we just, just a ha- second we, boiling we, is we, all it needs you know it may, may take three or four but meanwhile the right. people are dropping like flies back at the shack <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> oh me there's a lot of funny stuff going on and, uh, and by the way poke salad is made from the new leaves of a native plant called pokeberry or pokeweed the leaves are spear shaped they're uh Oh, several inches long and about half that wide. And when they come up in the spring, the new growth, you can boil it twice and eat it. You can use it and mix it up with some other stuff and stuff squash with it, any way you want to do it. But uh, once it starts getting some size on it and starts flowering, the plant gets to be poisonous. The berries, are po- all parts of it are poisonous, except for the first leaves in the spring, if you boil it twice. <laughs> And I'm thinking, there's no nutrients there. You know, you boil all the... Anyway, we don't want to get into that. Hey, hey, there's a couple of things coming up. This weekend is St. Patrick's Day, the 17th Sunday. Um, and, I, I, and we're going to play a cheesy tune that's spring-related and Irish-related at the same time, coming up in oh, about 20 minutes or so. Also, this coming Wednesday, March the 20th at 5 o'clock... 4.48 or so uh, in the afternoon, on Wednesday afternoon, is the official start of spring. Well, excuse me, it's the spring equinox. It's not on the 21st, it's on the 20th. Uh, so when you go to bed Wednesday night and wake up Thursday morning, it'll be officially spring. Uh, this week, there's a bunch of stuff going on in the garden. Uh, my friend Jesse Yancey has got the biggest mustard plant I've ever seen in my life. And his little, he has a gr- gorilla garden. He gardens on a little plot of land on a corner in his neighborhood. It's not his not his property, but no, nobody knows. Uh, also, I've seen crane flies bumping around. Those, those uh, when I was a kid, we call them mosquito hawks. Crane flies are great big flies. And I'll tell you something interesting: if you can catch one without breaking its legs off, take a look at a crane fly. This is one of those stupid things you're only going to hear on places like MPB. It's just wow. What, what if you look at a crane fly and you can see right behind his wings, right above his back legs, right above his wing, two. On each side, a tiny little ball on a tiny little stick. All flies have got this, but you can see it on a crane fly right behind their back wings. Those are flight stabilizers, and flies got them. <laughs> you know, who knew? But And this is a horrible thing to say, but if you clip one off, they fly weird. Oh, well, okay. right, because it's a stabilizer, right? <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm not trying to be cruel or anything like that, but, you know, it's just one of those stupid little things that, you know, it's think radio. You know, so, makes you think. Yeah, it does. Anyway, um, I'm getting a lot of emails this week about people who want to know what they can uh, put on their yard. You know, weed and feed and stuff like that. And uh, one lady says she listens to me every week when I'm thinking, no, she doesn't, because I say every week, don't use weed and feed. Um, I don't have a problem as a horticulturist, as a turf scientist. I don't have a problem with the fertilizers or the weed killers. But I will say this. It's too late for the weed killers. A liquid sprays will burn them down a little bit, but it won't control them. 
once they get big and starting to flower, weed killers just don't work as well. Also, weed killers put on the lawn during spring transition when it's greening up can hurt the grass. Even though the grass can tolerate them later, there's a little spring transition. Grass is sensitive to, to, to weed killer. So that's two reasons not put weed killer out this month. Uh, second of all, it's too early to fertilize the grass. So, um, you know, we need to wait till it's been greened up and mowed and started growing its roots for the year before we start shoving it uh, with a lot of uh, a lot of uh, fertilizer. So wait till April to fertilize. Mow your weeds right now. Look at them as wildflowers. Leave a few for the Easter bunny. There's certainly, if you notice, there's, there's going to be honeybees and butterflies and all sorts of pollinators on them right now, and they depend on these kind of plants. But if you'll just mow them, for the rest of this month, they'll be gone for the year. Mowing will get rid of most of the weeds of the wildflowers, and then wait till next uh, year to to uh, to fer- next month to fertilize. If you have problems with weeds this year, make a note on, on your refrigerator door. Spray for them next December or January, where they're really really small and your grass not going to be damaged. That's the only science I'm going to share today. <laughs> if you want to give us a call, toll free one eight seven seven MPB ring. We'd like to give a, a shout out to Macon, Mississippi. Also Louisville. I went through. Louisville twice on my way to and from Macon. I had a blast with the uh, the Knoxville County, uh, I don't know, Knoxville County, Knoxville Garden Club. We had a blast talking about stuff. Uh, and there's a lot of stuff coming up. Let me throw a few out real quick. Uh, and by the way, I've got a list of them if you want to shoot me an email about it. Uh, but there's, uh, there's just some things going on. This weekend, the 15th and 16th, native plant sale at Crosby Arboretum. 10 o'clock to 3 o'clock. Uh, that's down at uh, exit 4 down at Picayune. Crosby Arboretum native plant sale. Um, on the 22nd th- 23rd, next weekend, the Mobile Festival of Flowers. It's a lot of fun. Got vendors, got little display gardens, got uh, lectures, got all sorts of stuff. I'm going to be giving a presentation on Friday at the Mobile Festival of Flowers at 2 o'clock and another one on Saturday at 10 in the morning. Uh, so that's this coming Friday and Saturday, 22nd, 23rd. Uh, also on the 23rd, I'm going to head down, uh, own up to Hattiesburg. I've given a program for the Hattiesburg Arts Council uh, on yard art. They've got a birdhouse contest, but if you want to uh, uh, have a lot of fun with that, they even have a, 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 a birdhouse contest, a decorating thing. Uh, there's some other things. The Flora Plant Swap is coming up next uh, Thursday, uh, excuse me, on the 28th at 9 o'clock. We've got a few other things to talk about, but uh, we want to get back to the phone call. Just want to remind you, native plant sale at Carlsberg Ar- Arboretum this weekend, uh, next Friday and Saturday, Mobile Festival of Flowers. I'm going to be there both days. And then Hattiesburg Arts Council uh, at 2 o'clock on Saturday afternoon there in Hattiesburg. And uh, we got some other stuff to talk about, but That'll get us started. Meanwhile, let's go to Madison, talk with Jim. Hey, Jim, good morning. Oops. Oh, I'm sorry. Laura for Raymond. <laughs> bifocals. Jay, you have a, They put these things. I got these bifocals, <laughs> and it's right at my, if I, you know. Anyway. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Laura, what about trifocals? Who can do that? Uh, out of, I can't even count that high. Laura, <laughs> what's going on? Uh, hey, Sauter. Thank you for taking my call. You bet. Um, in my hometown of Roland Fork, my best friend, I mean, my grandmother's best friend, Carolyn Truesdale, he's turning 90 this Sunday, mm-hmm. has, has a buckeye tree yeah. in her yard that I have loved all my life. 
And I would love to find a way to take a cut of that tree and root it and replant it in my in my yard and rain it. And I don't know how hard that would be. It, it's it's really hard. Some trees don't have technical terms preformed root initials. Some trees just don't have them. They they just don't. You can root them under laboratory conditions, but oaks and pines and and uh, buckeyes and things they don't root very well. I, I will say this though: Does it ever have those buckeye seeds on it? Yes, that's one thing I love to collect. Okay, here, 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 here's the thing. When when those things fall, as soon as they fall, while they're still nice and firm before they shrivel up, you can plant those in a little pot, you know, styrofoam cup, whatever, some potting soil, and before frost, I'm talking about like uh, October or, or so, you put them in a pot, and before winter, they're six or eight inches tall. They come up that fast, and then you can stick them out in the yard in the wintertime. They're really easy from seed. And I can't remember, should I put them in an area that has a lot of sun? No, 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 they're shade plants. You okay, know. I thought it was in the shade. Yeah, it's the okay. shade. It, it, if you put it where it gets even a, a fair amount of sun, it, it'll survive. It'll bloom okay, but it looks really ratty towards the end of the summer. The leaves get kind of scorched. But anyway, it's really, really easy to grow from seed. If you don't have any little seedlings coming up, because there may be some under the tree that are, oh, you know, a foot or so tall, you can move those. And I get right on it, but I actually have oh uh, eight or ten or maybe twelve little potted buckeyes from my own yard. I'm donating them to the master gardeners here in Jackson for their plant sale next month. Well, good. But, I'll definitely do that. Thank you so much. Okay, it's real, real easy though, Laura. Really easy. Okay, great. I'll give it a try. Thank All right, you. appreciate it. Oh, I'm confused. I got little blinking lights in here. I'm scared to push any buttons. <laughs> Let's go to Shelly and Crystal Spray. We're gonna okay. I'm gonna try this. Shelly, are you there? Yes, I am. Hey, hey, lady, how are you? I'm good. How are you? So far, so good. Y'all got something coming up? We do. This Tuesday, the 19th at six o'clock, the Capaya County Master Gardeners are hosting a seminar on small garden irrigation and hay bale gardening. Okay. The, yeah, it's gonna be fun. At the Capaya County Extension Service at the Gallman Exit. Yeah, and that, what time does it start? Six o'clock. Six o'clock. Y'all always have so much fun. It's a r- real gardeners get together. A real, real gardeners. I have a question. You ask your hay bale person. Yes. Uh, fire ants. So I get fire ants with a question mark, and please let me know what they say. Oh my god. Yeah, because I mean, those hay bales are big rectangular fire ant mounds to me. I know. But I know. In, in, anyway, y'all have fun, okay, Shelley? Thanks, Elder. You bet. Appreciate it. Bye now. Bye-bye. Okay, we probably need to take a break. I'm not sure. Can we just skip a break, Jay? No? Okay, let's go Let's go to Madison and talk to Jim. Hey, Jim, good morning, sir. Thanks for holding, by the way. Sure, happy to. Um, I've got St. Augustine in my lawn, and a neighbor keeps telling me every spring that I should set my lawnmower to its lowest possible setting and essentially scalp the yard the first time I mow it. And I'm opposed to that for a couple of different reasons. I just wondered what your view was as an expert in turf management. Okay, well, well keep in mind, I, I am trained, university training, 40, de- 40 years of experience with this. Uh, your neighbor is either ignorant or stupid, one or the other. Ignorant means they just don't know. Ignorant means they don't know. You know, Stupid means hard-headed about it, okay? No, St. Augustine should always be mowed high. It needs those leaves, especially in the spring. That first flush of leaves that comes out gets energy from the sun, and it kick-starts a whole new root system for the spring. And if you're going to scalp it, that's the worst time to do it because it cuts off its new root system. So always mow yeah. it high. That's kind of what I thought. As a matter of fact, my mower 
blade wouldn't go high enough to suit me last year. Yeah. So I went out and bought a new set of four set of wheels that were an inch larger <laughs> diameter. Raised the blade up even higher. Wait a second. You got you got rims on your on your mower. <laughs> I do. I'm sporting, man. I'm telling you. Well, the, 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 the three most important things about a healthy, easy St. Augustine lawn, first and foremost, far above everything else, is always mow high. Second is all is uh, fertilize it lightly, no earlier than April. So I wouldn't fertilize it at all till it's been mowed a time or two. Because if you fertilize too early, Jim, it throws a lot of new growth on the plant, which temporarily shuts down that all-important new root system. And it looks great, but it overextends itself. So, you know, this is based on turf science taught at Mississippi State and Texas A&M and Clemson. Every, they all say the same thing. Mow high, wait till after it's been mowed before you fertilize. And, th- you know, those are classic recommendations. Well, yeah. Thank, yeah. thank you very much. Okay. And by the way, you can call it your opinion or state as facts. doesn't matter to me, but you're not going to change your neighbor. You know that. I'll just nod my head and smile. That's right. Hey, that that works. That works. I pre- appreciate it. Thank you. Oh, I hate to be so so bold, but that's one of the nice things about MPB is we don't sell stuff, and our egos are intact. You know, we you know we don't have to prove it, and we're always willing to learn. Always willing to learn. I will flatly change my recommendations based on new, reliable, reputable information. Boil it again. Boil it again. <laughs> I keep cutting my grass, and I got a bunch of weeds. I wonder what's wrong. Keep <laughs> boiling it. I'm Horticulturist Felder Rushing. This is the Gestalt Gardener here on Mississippi Public Broadcasting. I've got a few things coming up. I wanted to throw out a challenge to folks uh, who went to school. I don't care if you went to, to, to kindergarten. you got some school colors. And if you got school colors, I want to know what your colors are and what flowers you think best represent those colors that we can plant in our yard. We're going to take a real b- quick break, come right back here on Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Me and Jay and Kevin right after this. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. All right, folks, welcome back. Horticulture's fell to rushing. Uh, hey, Jay, we were talking before the... Yeah, I, I talked I talk to producers, okay? Wake up. <laughs> no, I'm ready. To, I'm ready. You're there Googling something on your phone. Hey, I, when I was walking in, uh, I, I like to bring in show and tell. You know, I like to bring a little show and tell. And in my little garden this morning, I picked two leaves uh, for, that are pretty... One, one is called burgundy mustard. It's a big old leaf plant. This is a small leaf, but they're just as burgundy maroon as you can imagine. And the leaves of a white type of kale and uh, you put them together we got maroon and white go bulldogs there you go and uh, this came up last night because msu and and uh, uh texas a&m were playing they're both maroon, maroon and, white. and white so i thought that was kind of cool and when i was walking in today i stole a pansy from a neighbor's yard this maroon and white but along the roadsides we're starting to, hey those phones are going nuts in there they are. <laughs> uh, when i was walking in today the wildflowers a little wild uh white asters and the uh uh, crimson clover is starting to bloom. So even on the roadside, it's maroon and white. But I don't want to just be bulldogs. So whatever school you went to, whatever college or high school, if you've got some school colors and you can think of something you could put in your garden that are those colors, wintertime, summertime, whatever, shoot me an email about it. Let's have a little fun with this. School color gardening. Uh, it's going to be easy for Delta State. Yeah, we're going to go. We're going to do what? 
It's going to be easy for Delta State. They're, just, they're green and white. Green and white? They're the, they're the okra. That's their, <laughs> they're the fighting okra, literally. I, can, I have some burgundy okra, but we're not going to go there because I'm a bulldog fan. But anyway, <laughs> uh, fighting okra. So shoot us at uh, garden at mpbonline.org. Now, let's go to Maddie and Raymond. Hey, Maddie, good morning. How you doing, sir? Fine, thank you. What can I help you with? I want to talk about Roundup, the reed killer. Okay. What are the dangers that after you spray it, then it kills the stuff and you go out with your lawnmower and mow it? Then you breathe the dust and stuff. Could mm-hmm. it cause cancer? Uh, no, ma'am, it can't. And, uh, and, and I'll tell you what, I see those same advertisements on late night TV. Here's, here's the truth of this stuff. Roundup, when you spray it, once it dries, it sticks to plants. Rain won't even wash it off. Okay. This, and, and I don't sell Roundup. I don't work for the people. I, I, it doesn't matter to me. But the truth is, once it dries, it binds so tightly that even if you were to put some dirt in some water and shake it up and pour it out, you can't measure it. Okay, it's just not there. The poison aspect, they found out that if people use it all the time for years and get it on them constantly, people people who are careless with the farm equipment and stuff like that, they have a slightly ele- elevated risk of a cancer. And they, they've proven that, but it's a slightly elevated risk. By the way, it's on the same list, the same cancer list as red meat, and fried food. So if you eat red meat and fried food too long, you're going to up your chances of getting sick from it. Same thing with Roundup. So as long as you careful when you spray it, don't spray it on yourself. Let it dry before you let your dog out, or or before you you know b- before you start messing with it. It's safe, and I'm real sure of this. I, I get a lot of people who want to argue. I, I don't argue. I stick with the the research facts. So, See, that's what I was concerned. I saw a man that had. All over, and they paid him this big settlement. That's right, but but he sprayed it all the time, all the yeah. time, and you know, and that's 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 where we have problems overusing stuff for a long time. Same thing with alcohol. You know, a little drink every now and then didn't hurt anybody, but you you can drink yourself to death. So alcohol is on one of those lists too. The main thing is just be careful, don't overdo it, and you'll be okay. Okay, I just did some precautions for the people that use any type of. Weed killers and stuff, so that's good. That's Thank right. You. Say, say, you know, don't eat too much bacon, don't drink too much alcohol, don't bathe in Roundup. <laughs> Thank <laughs> Pre- you. Appreciate it, Mandy. Thank you. Boy, that is a controversial stand to a lot of people, but not if you read the science. You read the science. Read the details. Uh, anyway, a lot of people turn the radio. He's an idiot. They say I'm an idiot. I'm not an idiot. I'm not an idiot. I'm just trying. I wish I could find something that says Roundup is bad. It made my life so much easier. <laughs> <sighs> okay, let's go to Kay in Memphis. All right. Hey, Kay, good morning. Good morning. Howdy. What's up? I, I told him that I have to identify myself okay. as Chainsaw Chainsaw Kay. Okay. There is another K from Memphis that calls in on some of the other shows. So okay, well, this chainsaw K, what's up? Yeah, okay, but this is not about a chainsaw. I need to put up a screen um, between my property and the one one side it's screened off. Anyway, these houses are all built on the same plan, and I could sit on my front porch and I could see who comes out of their door five houses up and four houses down. Right, right. So, but one side is screened by, by some growth in the yard next to me. Right. But the other one isn't. It's a, I have a post and pole fence, 
and I have a space at about a, a four foot. I figured I have an extra four foot uh, chain link gate mm-hmm. that's about two and a half, three feet, whatever right. they are. Right. Anyway, I figured that I could fasten that to the poles, and I want a suggestion of something, preferably evergreen, that I could grow there that does not have berries that babies can pick off and eat right. and don't have thorns. So what, well, what tell, options do I, I have? Yeah, well, you also is growing pretty fast. It grows straight up. It doesn't get too wide. And, right. uh, you know, there's a couple of things. You know, you could put a little like a Sasanqua camellia and, and, and cut the lower limbs off so it makes like a small tree. And it won't, you know, be kind of naked down at the bottom, but it'll screen where you want it, you know, at eye level. Uh, you can also well, go with that, that magnolia called Little Jim. Little Jim is a real narrow, the flowers will fit in the palm of your hand. And it's a long blooming magnolia, and it's pretty fast growing. Well, now, but, the, other, the other problem is. I have a six-foot chain-link uh, gate that opens back against that area. So, well, let me, so let I me, only have a, I only have about a foot to play with. There. Oh, that, that's not very much. Let me let me suggest this. What about a vine? Okay, let me let me let me see. Is is the fence high enough for the vine? I'm going to put the um, the. Okay. Uh, okay. Strap Let, a chain link, chain link gate okay. to Re- an extra one. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Here, here's what I recommend. And if you need some more information about this, I, I answer this question. This is the designer trick. They use it at flower shows. They use it in upscale landscapes. Uh, you know how if you're trying to shade your eye from the sun, you put your hand out in just the right place. You know? Yeah, I know. Um, you can do that with a piece of a fence, sort of like a little billboard. Doesn't that, you know, billboards, they don't go all the way to the ground like a fence. They're up in the sky. You could make something that's only, that starts oh, three or four feet above the ground and grows uh, maybe four feet above that with just some lattice. You know, you can get one piece of lattice, you know, at one of these box stores uh, yeah, uh-huh. and, and put it between two posts. And it's high enough to where it's not a fence. You can yeah, sort of see through it, you know, and you can get away with But if you put something up high like that, and then you can grow a vine. And we got a whole bunch of great vines there, that yellow blooming Carolina jessamine. Well, there's just a whole bunch of vines. But yeah, if you, okay, okay. But, but the lattice well, will. I had, I had thought about getting a piece of lattice and, and cutting it to size. But, right and, I, I think it, it would fit just right. And the, the idea is to put it up high, not all the way to the ground. And lattice, yeah. you know, it, it 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 looks friendlier than an old chain. I mean, come on, Aunt Mamie had a chain link fence. She strapped all sorts of stuff to it. But that that doesn't work in town. Kay, you're in town now. You got to straighten up, okay? Okay, okay. Now to the other part. Um, it's about it's about garden stuff. Okay. I have here. I have some old out of date for me, um, calcium, magnesium, potassium pills, a whole bunch of them. It, it, would there be any advantage to them powder, me powdering them and putting them somewhere in my garden, or do I just... Well, it wouldn't hurt. It wouldn't hurt. Yeah, I'd, I'd grind them up real good and just scatter it real light like dust. And yeah, uh, okay. some of those nutrients might, you know, plants might be able to absorb. You know, sometimes nutrient, nutrients aren't in the form plants can absorb. But, you know, if you just grind them up real good and scatter around your plants, it won't hurt anything. Yeah, I'll put them in my blender. Yeah. Okay. Um, All right. Wait, 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 wait. Hold, hold, hold on. Okay. We, I ever, we, yeah, I know, but I want to tell you this real quick. Have I ever told you how I water my tomatoes and okra and so forth? No, ma'am. Keep it clean. I put, I, yeah, I, I dig a hole down about three or four inches away, preferably when I plant them. And I put a gallon 
a milk jug, a water jug down. I plant one or two little holes on the side that is going to be next to the roots. Mm-hmm. And then when I want to water my garden, just, I can do it anytime just, I want just to. Fi- I just take the cap Fill up off, the jug. Put the, yeah, and I could also fertilize it that way. That's home, homemade drip irrigation, Kay. That is and, a f- and, yeah, and for my cucumbers, I usually get them closer, and I'll put a jug down, and then I'll plant a hill on each side, and I grow my cucumbers in wire. That's fantastic. Well, listen, Kay, we got to scoot because I got some cheesy music, but those are some great tips. I'm going to reshare those every time I get a chance. Thank you so much. All righty. By the way, folks, it's springtime, St. Patrick's Day coming up, and I found a tune that talks about feeling good, that little thing we call a gemutlichite, that good, warm feeling that you get. Uh, it's not just seeing and tasting and hearing and feeling and smelling. All those senses. There's another sense out there. It's a quintessential thing. It's what makes you feel irritated when you find your neighbor's cats in your flower bed or makes you jump back when you see a snake or makes you smile when you see a butterfly. That kind of gemutlichite. So I decided I was going to play a tune that celebrates springtime and feeling good and smiling about it. I'm Horticulture's Felder Rushing. Me and Jay and Kevin are going to be back with more of the Gestalt Gardener here on Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Don't forget, I want your flower, your, your school colors and flowers you think will go with it. We'll talk about that on the radio. We're going to take a quick break, come back with more of your phone calls live here at MPB right after this. <music> This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. 
All righty, folks. Welcome back. Happy St. Patrick's Day, this thing coming up. And also, happy spring. Uh, before we take some phone calls, let me uh, remind folks, there's some things going on. A lot of things are happening right now. The uh, we, we heard that the Copiah County Master Gardeners, uh, Crystal Springs, actually at the Gallman exit on the interstate, are having a thing on on uh, a small space gardening and and. Uh, 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 straw bale gardening. That's going to be Tuesday starting at 6 o'clock. Uh, this weekend, native plant sale at Crosby Arboretum. It's a really fun one. I talked to the, to, the, to the lady down there the other day, and they got some fun plants. That's this weekend, 10 to 3, uh, native plant sale at Crosby Arboretum. Uh, I'm going to be at the Mobile Festival Flowers next Friday afternoon at 2 and Saturday at 10. We can talk about that again next week. And then right after that on Saturday, I'm going uh, scooting up the road to Hattiesburg uh, to give a talk on yard art, the good, the bad, and the un believable we got other stuff got plant swaps uh got some library meetings got a, a thing at the at the max uh there at meridian uh, coming up in april plenty of time to talk about those but i just want to throw out the ones that are coming up the the, the quickest here uh, i also want to talk about a fun little plant that i saw blooming this morning but we're here to have fun with other folks so let's take this party over to henry's place in in uh, vicksburg hey henry how are you sir morning fella i'm doing good how are you making so it so far so good so far, I like that. <laughs> I got a question on um, a grafting of trees. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a bad experience with my most trees this winter, and a, a buck came along and he girdled one all the way around, and the other, you know, three quarters of the way yep. around. Yep, they'll do it. Yeah. So what I'm seeing is maybe I have a, a, a root system that's still good and a top that's still good. And I'm wondering if I can actually graft that top back onto the bottom again by cutting out that section that's girdled. <laughs> you could. Uh, what what kind of tree was it again? It's a mimosa tree. Okay, you know, I hate to say this, it, it, you know, you and I are the only people left on earth who likes mimosa. But uh, oh, I love mimosa. I, I do too. Blooms are so pretty. Yeah, and you know, by the way, those flowers—they're not really flowers; they're flamingo larvae. Oh, really? Yeah, they're flamingo larvae. They they fly away and become flamingos. And hummingbirds <laughs> love it. But here, here's the deal. I like uh, my, my, There's this thing called bridge grafting where, you know, you can imagine cutting a, a, a twig off and sticking part of it in the trunk and then part of it in the part above the graft. It's sort of like a, a bridge between the two. You could do that several times all the way around. And it's like uh, and the middle part can actually die. But you can do uh, uh by grafting a, a twig from below the cut to above the cut, do that several times, and that, that and that works. It's called bridge grafting. I learned that in college, and I've done it myself. But but let me throw this out, Henry. My moses, I mine get really big. So what I do every summer when they get through blooming before they start dropping seeds everywhere, I cut mine almost to the ground, and they sprout out with all this long, beautiful, ferny growth, and they bloom again. And then I cut them back down. So I cut them down in the summertime after they bloom to keep them like great big ferns that have pink flowers in the spring. And I think if you just go ahead and cut it down, they will sprout out so quick. Uh, they're going to be sprouting out before we get back to the house. Wow. So that would be in preference to bridge uh, uh, work. It's a lot, lot, lot easier, a whole lot easier. Sure is. Okay. Is this the right time to do it? Oh, yeah. You can cut mimosas pretty much. I've seen people cut mimosas with a pickup truck when they had too much to drink, and they'll sprout back out. But go ahead and cut it down. It'll be a lot quicker. And the new growth, when it comes out, it will jump because it got a big root system. It's going to push it real fast. I would thin out the new growth to, you know, two or three, one or two or three stems instead of a big bush. 
Okay. Well, I'm glad to hear that because I've had these growing for, you know, five years or so. They're an inch and a quarter in diameter. Yeah. And they were just getting high enough where I think they might start blooming. And They, uh, they, they should bloom. Thing. Yeah. Go, go ahead and cut it back and, and uh, thin out the, the new growth so you don't have a, a whole cluster of stuff. And they'll do great. So, so cut it off, what, about six inches above the ground or what? It doesn't matter. Wherever you cut it, it's going to put out new growth <laughs> right there. Okay. Thank All, you very much. All right. Appreciate it. Now, let me see. Blinking lights. I got two blinking lights with checks, but there's an X by one. I'm going to guess that might be for Jim in Sims, Alabama. Is that right? Yay! I figured yes. out the X. That's what the X means. What's up, Jim? Yes. Hi, Felder. How are you? I'm fine, thanks. What's up? A couple of weeks back, you had a show on um, um, cutting your rose bushes in and rerooting them yeah. you know, from a cutting. Right. And I cut a piece about eight inches long, about the size of a pencil, yeah. and I stuck it into some um, soil. I want to know what, and that was right when you did that broadcast. I want to know what my next steps are. Do I okay. put it into a pot? No, no, no. no. Know, Here, here's what's happening, Jim. Uh, and by the way, I found out only about half of the cuttings I take yeah. root. You know, so I always take a whole bunch, and I did a whole mm-hmm. bunch, and about half of them. What's happening is it's, it's sending energy from the top down to the bottom, and there's no roots there, so it grows this little knotty white thing. It's called a callus tissue. And then in the spring, when the when the plant leaves out for good, it'll send more energy down, and that callus will spring out in the roots. It doesn't really root until really well into the spring. So what I would do is, is I would just leave it in place until okay. you know until it starts having plenty of leaves on it. You know it's rooted, and kind of tug okay. on it and it tugs back. So I wouldn't even touch it at all until maybe the end of April or first part of May. And you could dig okay. it up then, but let's it, it doesn't actually grow roots until after it leaves out in the spring and sends energy down to that little knobby white thing. And, and then do you put it in a pot or do you plant it in the garden? How long before it becomes an actual rose bush and starts getting flowers? It is a rose bush. You took a cutting off of the okay. mature part. You know, if you grow something from a seed, it might take four or five years to get mature. But yeah. when you take a cutting off a of mature part, it is mature. And it could bloom this year. But uh, if you could put it in some pretty good dirt, it'll grow better. If you put it in a pot, main thing is give it a little fertilizer and keep it watered. Okay, great. Thank you so much. All right. Hey, let us know how it works. You know, and, and, and good luck. Do, rooting one thing, that's a, it's about a 50-50 gamble. Mm-hmm. Okay, thank you. All right. Appreciate it. Bye. Okay. Now, there's an X by line, too. That's supposed to be Marlin on the road, right? I've cracked, the, the, I've cracked the code, Marlin. What's up? <laughs> hey, thank you for taking my call. You bet. Hey, I, I guess I have a two-part question. Um I have uh, neighbors that use a commercial lawn care service to uh, service their lawn where they don't have any weeds pretty much year-round, particularly in the winter. Right. I've used a product called Bayer, Mm -hmm. and uh, it works pretty good, but in the wintertime, I'm still kind of overrun with weeds. So I was wondering, uh, one, uh, why don't a lot of the over-counter weeds you know, products work on the lawn as good as the, I guess, the commercial products. But um, is it possible for, uh, uh, I guess, a homeowner uh, to get a commercial product that we can use on our lawn, you know, maybe purchase it from right. somewhere and be able to use something to that strength? Yeah. Okay, first of all, the stuff they use is the stuff that, that you buy over the counter. And when you mix it, they, they just buy it concentrated and they dilute it. They, they, you know, it's like buying concentrated ketchup. You got to add water or tomato soup. Got to add water to it. So if you mix it, the over the counter stuff, 
according to directions, it comes out the same strength as what the guys with the big tanker trucks are using. The trick is they, they, they get good coverage. It's really important to use a liquid spray and get good coverage. And second of all, they time it right. Uh, you know, the, the weeds that are out there right now, Marlon, are really hard to kill, really, because they're, 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 are, yeah. Yeah, they're sending energy up into to top growth and leaves. The, the commercial guys, they spray on a warm day in late uh, January, December, uh, uh, early February, while the weeds are small. And they're not bothering you and me, but they're out there. And if you can get them while they're small, while the grass is dormant, that'll get them before they get to this stage, a whole lot easier. So timing is important and coverage is okay. important. And that's that's really okay. important. Uh, let, let me let, okay. One other thing. Let me throw this out. If you've got a bunch of weeds, that's telling mm-hmm. me, and I'm a turf guy, it's telling me mm-hmm. that you've got a kind of a thin lawn. If you'll concentrate yeah. this summer on thickening your grass up, you know, right more height, a little bit of fertilizer, no earlier than April, and an occasional yeah. deep soaking, your grass will be thicker and uh, more oh. resistant to diseases and, and that kind of stuff, and you'll have fewer weeds sprout from seeds. Okay, so, that's awesome. Thank yeah, you so much. You yeah, weed killers are far distant forth in weed control. Mowing, watering, okay. fertilizing, you know, that's prevention. So anyway, okay. good, great question, Marlon. But the stuff you buy is the same stuff they buy. They just get it concentrated. Okay. Well, I really appreciate that. God bless you. Thank okay. You. Hey, shoot me an email if you want to get more detail. I love to arm wrestle online. <laughs> okay, we'll do. Okay. Folks, we're going to be talking about gardening every Friday and rebroadcast on Saturday here on MPB. We've got all sorts of programs during the week on food and medicine and law and just and cars and building stuff. That's what we do here at MPB. We bring it to you. And this is a garden party today. Let's go now to uh, Fletch calling from Indianola. Hey, hey, Fletch, what's going on, man? Good morning, neighbor. Hey, I haven't seen you in a hey. long time. You still live in Indianola? I passed through, really. Mama's up there by herself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what's up? Uh, well, put me in the column as those who love mimosas. Uh, <laughs> I just like them better if you put uh, more champagne in it. Oh. <laughs> Ow! You are a Delta boy, aren't you? Hey, but I, 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 obviously we had a lot of mimosas around in Yanola. I didn't love them until, as, much, as much until I saw some of the huge ones in Maui. Oh yeah, they're, they're, I hope you they're, see those. No, uh, well, I've, I've been in Hawaii. They might not have been blooming there, but they, there's a big one over there in Greenville that you and I together can't put our arms around the trunk. It's also got poison ivy in it, so let's don't, you know, say. There you go. All right. Well, my question was: my semi-learned uh, and uh, educated son told me that I needed to put a line on our yard. Uh, residential yard for weed control. What say you? Uh, I say he needs to back off a little bit because he got his facts wrong. But, but you know, you can't tell your boy anything. That's the way it is with mine. No, lime affects the pH of the soil, which helps the grass use nutrients better. Had no effect on weeds at all. It's a, If your soil is acid, put lime out there like a farmer would. It'll, it'll make your grass grow a little bit better, only if you need lime. But as far as using it to control weeds and stuff like that, zero effect, zilch, none, nada. But, 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 but be, be nice, because he's going to decide what old folks home we go into. <laughs> All right, thanks, sir. <laughs> Good luck, Fletch. See ya. Oh, one of the prettiest flowers in the woods is blooming right now. I want to talk about that. But first, let's go. Let's talk to Billy, who's calling from Benton. Hey, Billy, good morning. How are you doing? Fine, fine. So far. I'd ask a question about tomatoes. 
taste. I got neighbors that tell me that they like a certain variety because it's got more acid. Some other like a variety because it's got more sugar. Yeah. Is the acid content of tomato roughly the same amount of the variety? Does your sugar control the way it tastes? That's How does a, it work? It's a really good question. All tomatoes are acidic, all of them. Uh, yeah. Some have more natural sugars in them that masks the acid. Right. I mean, and that's a fact. You know, they all measure really, really close to each other in, in, in acidity, that, that bite. But uh, some varieties tend to develop more sugars as they ripen, you know, and they, they do that on the vine. You know, you can pick a tomato that's showing a little pink color and uh, pull, pull it, and it'll go ahead and turn red and get softer. But it doesn't ripen, doesn't get any sweeter. So if you want a really sweet tomato, leave it on the vine until the, as long as you possibly can and uh, choose varieties that are naturally a little bit sweeter. I don't have a list with them right now, but there are some low, some more acidic tasting and more less acidic tasting varieties. But the acid content roughly stays the same. Doesn't it's it? almost identical. We, you know, we test when I was uh, going to school at Mississippi State, we tested 140 or something different varieties with the PA. Yeah. They're almost all identical, but some just have okay. more sugar that covers it up. That's what I figured. Thank you, sir. You bet. Hey, it's like some people like tea, some people like sweet tea, but it's still tea. Appreciate it, Billy. Hey, the native azaleas are blooming. The native azaleas, the ones that, that drop their leaves in the winter, some people call it wild honeysuckle. They're beautiful. There's pink ones and white ones and yellow ones and golden ones, and they're just terrific plants that are often overlooked because they're not often sold in the garden centers. Uh, if you ever uh, watch the old Andy Griffith show, if you know about Andy Griffith, you know that there's a couple of old gals from Mount Pilot who come in every now and then. They come into town, and uh, Daphne and Skippy, Daphne says, hello, doll. They're the party girls. They show up. They they make Thelma Lou and Helen feel like they just disappear, and then they leave town after jazzing stuff up. Isn't that what azaleas do? They jazz stuff up and make the wonderful Thelma Lou's and Helen's just kind of disappear. But the party girls are coming. Azalea's on the way. We'll be back with more right after this. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Okay, old folks, welcome back. Horticulture's fell to rushing. Yeah, I call azaleas the uh, party girls of the world because they do. They show up. They're blousy. They're bold. They're colorful. They make everything else kind of fade into the background. And then when the azaleas leave, they're just big old green meatballs the rest of the year. But when they're blooming, they're just drop-dead gorgeous. I just want to say that those of us who don't have azaleas, we look across the street and enjoy your azaleas because it's easier for us to enjoy yours for two weeks and then not have to deal with the green meatballs the rest of the year. If you like azaleas, fine. But keep in mind that there's oak leaf hydrangeas, there's camellias, there's forsythia, there's caria, there's uh, so many wonderful spireas are starting to bloom. There's so many wonderful flowering plants. May not be as bold as azaleas, but they're still dependable, hardworking, civic-minded, dedicated, steady 
Thelma Luz and Helen. If you don't know what I'm talking about, because you weren't raised right. You know, we've been talking about uh, gardening here for the past, oh, close to an hour. We'd like to remind folks that there's a lot of things you can be doing right now. A little bit early for planting summer stuff because the soil isn't warm yet. And we may have some cold, we traditionally have more cold weather before the end of the month. By the way, it's called Blackberry Winter. When blackberries bloom, we always have a little cold snap. Opposite of Indian summer, but black, blackberry winter is real. I would wait until April before I plant tomatoes and peppers and stuff. Some of you aren't going to take my advice. doesn't matter to me at all. But me, I'm going to wait because uh, blackberry winter is just around the corner. Uh, also, it's too early to fertilize your grass. I know that they sell the stuff. I sold the stuff. I worked in garden centers before I studied turf management. Buy it. I'm not saying don't buy it. It's not hurting to go out and buy the stuff, but wait till the grass been mowed a time or two in April before you fertilize it. It's not my opinion. This is what your grass wants from its point of view. Uh, too late to spray for weeds. Just mow them. Leave a few if you can. Easter Bunny needs a place to, to lay eggs, and butterflies and honeybees love those things. But uh, if you don't like them, Make plans this year to thicken your grass up and then to spray for them next winter, late December, January, early February. That's the way to do it. That's the way it works. And um, that's just the way it goes. Hey, if you got some questions during the week, some things you want to uh, chew the fat about, want to, you know, uh, bollock me about stuff, shoot me an email, garden at mpbonline.org. Got a couple of emails I didn't catch up on because it, it t- takes some head scratching. Got to think about it a little bit, uh, but I do follow up on them uh, as, as quickly as I can. We've had a, a, a lot of fun over the past winter time talking about stuff that does well in the winter. Uh, if you want some information about things that bloom in the winter so you can plan ahead for next winter, shoot me an email about that. I got a list of great plants that perform with little or no care in the middle of the winter. So you can have a great looking garden this time next December, January. But if you're getting ready for springtime, a little bit early, hold your horses, relax, get the plants, uh, put them out in the sunshine, let them get thicker and stockier. But let's wait till the dirt warms up before you plant them. Uh, Better yet, learn how to grow things in raised beds and containers because they warm up quickly and you can cover them a lot more quickly. So anyway, a lot of things going on. There's plant swaps coming up. There's plant sales coming up all over the place. And I would like to to remind folks that this next week, uh, in addition to the plant sale at Crosby Arboretum this week, I'm going to be next Friday afternoon and Saturday morning at the Mobile Festival of Flowers. Hattiesburg Art Council, uh, Saturday afternoon on May the tw- on March the twenty second, talking about uh, yard art, and then we got a whole bunch of stuff coming up after that. Libraries, plant swaps, uh, plant sales. If you want a list of these things, shoot me an email: garden at mpbonline.org. You know, every week we come here and we talk about gardening. We get start gardeners a production. Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Me and Jay White and Kevin Farrell, who is a phone greeter. Phone greeter in there. They used to say call screeners, right, Jay? That's right. Call screener. No, that sounds negative, but don't call me. We're going to screen you. No, we, uh, phone greeter. Phone greeter. Much better. Yeah. Welcome to MPB. Yeah, that's right. And uh, so we have a lot of fun. And uh, I'm going to be getting out and getting dirty this weekend. Beautiful weekend. Beautiful for digging some dirt, getting it ready. 
spread some mulch. You can pull it back and stick plants in and cover it back up later. Um, but anyway, I've been your host, Phil Rushing. If we've about, learned anything today, if you don't that? like it, keep boiling it. Yeah, boil it again. Boil it until until it's tender. Boil it until you don't die. <laughs> That's right. Uh, and uh, don't forget to drink some water and get some sunlight. We're just basically plants with more complicated emotions. Main thing is find some kids. Take them for a walk outside. Bend over. Wiggle your fingers in the dirt or the leaves, whatever. You will find a roly-poly or something to talk about. But the main thing is take them farmer's market or a garden center. Help them learn something really, really simple because that's the kind of stuff that sticks with you uh, the rest of your life. You never know. Take a kid out and show them how to do what we do best, and that's get dirty. See you all next week.